Welcome back to At The Buzzer. I'm your host, Campbell Klein, joined by my co-hosts, Andrew Lubliner, Dean McCullum, and Tyler Fertel. And today, we have a March Madness podcast for you guys. So pretty much what we're going to do is we're going to be looking at the bracket and we're going to go through some interesting games, some interesting players in the tournament, and just some of our bold predictions and who we think is going to win, stuff like that. So uh, the first thing we're going to discuss is which is the most vulnerable one seed in the tournament? So we have Gonzaga, we have Baylor, we have Illinois, and we have Michigan. Uh, Tyler, you want to start for this one? Uh, yeah, so I definitely think you can make a case for two of the one seeds here, and those two one seeds are the University of Michigan and Baylor. Um, I'm not going to talk about Michigan just because I know probably other people will want to, but I'm going to talk about Baylor here. Um, Baylor is obviously expected to win their first-round matchup. They, I, I don't want to jinx anything or anything, but they're going to win their first-round matchup. Um, and then they could potentially play UNC or Wisconsin in the second uh, round. And by UNC, I mean University of North Carolina. Um, and University of North Carolina is the best offensive rebounding team in the country. And that has been proved by a bunch of stats that I've seen on ESPN and other uh, sites. And also Wisconsin is a good rebounding team. They're a team that creates a lot of opportunities for themselves too. So um, those are two teams that I think could potentially beat Baylor in the second round, just because Baylor is one of the worst rebounding teams in the country, although they are the one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country and put up some of the most points per game uh, in the country. Uh, the two teams like they could be facing in the second round are two teams that kind of provide something that Baylor lacks. So um, definitely that that is a dangerous thing for uh, the ba- for Baylor. Um, but you know what? They're a one seed. They'll probably have to prove that why they are a one seed. And I'm expecting to the, for the second round uh, game between Baylor and whether it's UNC and Wisconsin to be a good one. Um, Dean, you want to talk about Michigan? Sure. So uh, I think that Michigan is going to be the most vulnerable one seed for me. I mean, if you're just looking at the four quarters of the bracket, I think it's pretty obvious that Michigan is uh, there in the East uh, quarter of it. I think it's pretty obvious that they're in the most stacked quarter. I mean, you have teams like Alabama, UConn, Texas. Those are three teams that are in the, uh, the bottom half of that quarter, which Michigan won't have to face unless they get to the Elite Eight, which will be tough because there are teams like LSU, Colorado, Georgetown, and Florida State, who I have making it pretty far into this tournament. So I think that Michigan is going to have a really tough time, especially with Isaiah Livers, one of their best players is out. Drew, you want to talk about uh, Michigan since they're, uh, they're your favorite team? Yeah, I think you can definitely make the case that they're most vulnerable team just because, obviously, as I said, one of their best players is injured. And also, if you're looking at their potential matchups, like um, I'm not sure how Texas is a three seed because they just ran through the entire Big 12 and won the Big 12 tournament. Uh, so I thought maybe they'd be seed higher. But yeah, having to play potentially, most likely LSU, who just lost to Alabama, the two seed who's a two seed they just lost in a close game i know tyler said he was watching that game it was a super intense game it's so close so that being a second round matchup is definitely tough um but i think uh i'm also going to agree with tyler um on this one that baylor could be slightly vulnerable not saying they're gonna lose in the first round or anything but as i said as tyler said their second round matchup could definitely push them a little bit um and then also uh, Purdue, I think, is just a sneaky good team just because, um, you know, I guess maybe I'm a little biased towards Big Ten basketball or I just watch more Big Ten basketball because of Michigan, but Purdue is very good. And I've 
watch them multiple times play against Michigan. Um, and like going through the big 10 schedule, is just like playing in, in March Madness because there's so many good teams. It's ridiculous. So I think that team's definitely one that could challenge them. And then also I think Ohio state is the best two seed. Um, so that potential elite eight matchup, I'm actually hoping that Baylor makes it because I would love to see Ohio State Baylor as that elite matchup. But yeah, for me, if I had to choose the two most most vulnerable ones, I'd say it's probably Michigan and Baylor. Um, and adding to you what you're talking about, Michigan, um, with LSU, uh, LSU has a player named Trendon uh, Tr- Watford who played really well in the tournament. Um, and I think he's, or I, I mean, in the uh, SEC tournament, and I think he's a, um, isn't he a center? I don't, I, I can't. I think he's like, just like a, a big forward. Yeah. So he like could a power forward. You could potentially guard Hunter Dickinson, maybe make it a lot harder for them, uh, for him. And maybe Michigan's going to have to rely on more players like Franz Wagner and uh, Sean D. Brown and other players throughout their roles uh, who are going to need bigger roles in the tournament um, than their normal roles this past season. Because like you said, Isaiah Livers is out. So I definitely think that that, East uh, section of the tournament is dangerous because also FSU is one of the best defensive teams in the um, in the country. And you know what? I think that they could probably they can probably be anyone in this tournament if they come against them because just they're just so well coached and they have this uh, they have this kind of organization that's just unlike any other. They have probably their best player in Scotty Barnes as a six man as a six man. So uh, that's pretty weird in my perspective, but it's just how Florida State rolls. So, uh, yeah, I definitely think that if UM and FSU uh, face up and that would be the Sweet 16, I definitely think that would be a game to watch. Um, And then also, like you said, UT and uh, Alabama are two other teams that are good in that conference that could also face Michigan and potentially beat them. I also just really quickly want to add that uh, it seems like Michigan literally plays Florida State every year, like – it was only a couple of years ago that I went to Stable Center to see Michigan play against Florida State in the Elite Eight. And I think not too long ago they played against them again. So I think it's kind of funny that they just keep ending keep uh ending up in the same bracket. All right. Now we're gonna talk about one of the biggest names in college basketball, Cade Cunningham and his team, Oklahoma State, who has Cade Cunningham, personally, along with his team, has been going on an absolute tear recently. And uh, that team's worked their way up to the four seed. So, uh, Andrew, how do you think Cade Cunningham's going to perform in March Madness? And can his team make it deep into the deep into March Madness? I really hope so. Um, I've watched a ton of, I mean, they're always on ESPN. So, I mean, a lot of people have probably watched a ton of Oklahoma State games, but I'm one of those people. Um Oklahoma State obviously just had their most impressive win of the season over Baylor. And the reason why they won that game was solely Cade Cunningham. There's a stat that I find super interesting that in the Big 12 tournament, Cade Cunningham played the best basketball of his life, honestly. He averaged only six points in the first half. He averaged six points and two and a half fouls. And in college, uh, it's usually it's basically a five five fouls foul out so usually most players if they get two fouls in the first half the coach will keep them out sometimes maybe if it's like a k-level player and they're down by a lot they need to make up some ground to put them back in but so he averages two and a half fouls and six points in the first half and then in the second half 
he averages two fouls, so he doesn't foul out, but he also averages 18 points, which I think is pretty incredible because he's, as of right now, probably the most clutch player. So in any close game, like I want him taking the last shot. Uh, and I mean, they do have a tough draw, though. I think Oklahoma State definitely could have been a three seed um, in this uh, in this bracket. I think a team I thought wouldn't be a three seed was Kansas, but because that they didn't have a chance to continue playing in the Big 12 tournament, I understand where the committee went there, but I don't know how you can discredit what Oklahoma just did beating Baylor and then barely losing to Texas. Um, but yeah, it, it, that Sweet 16 matchup on that side of the bracket against Illinois I think would be very interesting. But I think if Oklahoma State can somehow defeat the Fighting Illini, I think they have a real path to the Final Four, and I think they're talented enough because assuming they can get past that game, I mean, I don't – I mean, they, they've played West Virginia twice, uh, so th- that they have history with them, and then Houston is probably the worst two-seed Um so I don't think they'd be worried about them at all. Uh, I would disagree that Houston is the worst two seed um, in my perspective, just because uh, Kelvin Sampson is a really good coach and they have a couple great players in Clint Grimes and a couple other players. They're a good defensive team, a good shooting team. So uh, they're a good team overall. And I think they've proven themselves as a two seed. Um, but you know what? I could always be wrong in uh, March Madness if they do end up losing. Uh, not my fault. Just want to put that out there. Um, but uh, like you were saying, uh, Oklahoma State got the four seed. I think they definitely could have gotten a three seed, potentially over Kansas, potentially over West Virginia. Um, but they got the four seed and they have a tough uh, road to the final four just because they will probably, if they make it there, uh, they'll probably have to face Illinois, which has been playing really well with Kofi Coburn and uh, Dusumu. So, um, Oklahoma State, uh, just, I mean, Cade Cunningham's he's the best prospect, NBA prospect in the country right now. There's no disputing that. They've been playing really good basketball. And like you said, I'm surprised that Kansas got over Oklahoma State just because Oklahoma State was ranked higher and they did more in the, uh, the Big 12 tournament. So just – so just really, that's it's just surprising to me. I just, I definitely think that they can make a run. I definitely think it's possible that they can potentially beat Illinois in the Sweet 16. Just right now, I don't know if it can happen. Happen just because uh, I think Illinois might be. A, I think they're better than Oklahoma State. They just have a lot. They have more players that can do more. So just really overall, I de- I think that. Oklahoma State is definitely a team on a mission. They're definitely a team that could make a run. I'm just not convinced uh, that they will – like, I, I, I'm not convinced that they will beat Illinois. I definitely think it's possible, but in my bracket at least, I have Illinois beating them. Yeah, going back to the Cade Cunningham thing that we were uh, previously mentioning, I think that Cade, I've, I've watched him I, – I think I watched him uh, last year for the first time, and I thought he was really, really good – Stayed in Oklahoma, went to Oklahoma State, and now he's like Tyler said, the best NBA prospect. And I think in this tournament, uh, he's gonna he's gonna really solidify uh, himself as the bona fide number one overall pick. However, um, they I think Oklahoma State has a very tough draw. Just looking at the bracket right here, like you guys mentioned, the potential matchup between them and Illinois in the Sweet Sixteen. I don't know if Cade can do it all. Like Tyler said, I think I agree with him that they're a very capable team of making a run if they can get by Illinois. But the thing is, I just have Illinois getting farther in the bracket than them. 
So I don't think that's really going to happen, but I think Cade's going to have a great tournament. And as long as he's on the floor, they easily have a chance versus any team they play. So, um, yeah, that's all I have to say about uh, Oklahoma State. Tyler, you have something to add? Yeah, one more thing. So I forgot to mention this, but they did beat Baylor in the Big 12 tournament. They beat a, a, another one seed. So if that says something, it says that they could potentially upset Illinois in the Sweet 16 if they get there. Obviously, they'll have to get through Liberty and potentially Tennessee or Oregon State. So to get there, it uh, they'll have to be a five seed, most likely, maybe a 12 seed if Oregon State wins, and then they'll have to be uh, the 13 seed in Liberty. But if they get there, I it, that definitely could be a big game to watch because they beat Baylor earlier in the Big 12 tournament, and you never know. I, I like Illinois, but you never know. An upset could be brewing there if Illinois doesn't play very well. Now we're going to move on to another super intriguing team, and that's the 26-0 Gonzaga Bulldogs led by Jalen Suggs. As I said, 26-0, trying to be, I think, I've. it's been a while since a team has gone undefeated through their whole college basketball season. First team to enter the tournament undefeated since around 2015 by uh, Kentucky. And uh, obviously they're a really strong team. They're undefeated. So, uh, Dean, how do you think uh, this tournament's going to play out for them? Do you think they have what it takes to win? Or, uh, yeah, what? I think that Gonzaga definitely has what it takes to win. As far as college, bas- as far as college basketball goes, I think that Jalen Suggs is the second-best guard prospect uh, in an NBA standpoint behind Cade Cunningham. And, I mean, they have, so, uh, they have so many weapons on their team. And I think they have a fairly good chance of getting to the final four or potentially the national championship because they don't have as hard of a draw as a team, maybe like Illinois who has to face someone like Oklahoma state before they even get to the elite eight or a team like Michigan who has to face a tough LSU team and then Florida state, even if they win those two games. So I think that Gonzaga definitely has a, 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 a decently open uh, and decent chance to make it far in this tournament. And I think they're the pretty heavy favorite if I'm not mistaken. I think that Tyler was mentioning that so many people have them winning the entire thing, but I think that uh, they're just going to keep rolling. They're 26 and 0 right now. Haven't lost a game and I don't want to spoil my pick for uh, who's going to win, but I definitely think they're capable and have what it takes to win this championship. Um, adding to what you were saying about star players, they have Jalen Suggs, they have Corey Kispert. Uh, they have a good all around team, a good shooting team, a good defensive team. They, pr- they have, I think, the easiest side of the bracket in my – okay, Andrew, you're giving me a little look. They have to have good defense if they're averaging 92 points. I mean, no, they're that's, averaging That's what they're points. scoring. They don't, they don't play defense, yeah. but – Okay, yeah, yeah but they like, they have, they're a 26-0 team. Like, they have to play some sort of defense. They're the, Nets, they're the Nets of college basketball, but they play average defense, not worse in the NBA. Okay, yeah. So, they're not a great defensive team. Uh, sorry about that. Um, but – uh that they're a great offensive team averaging 92 points, which is absurd in college basketball. And they have the easiest side of the bracket. Just looking at it right now, Kansas has their three seed. Not so sure if they're deserving of that. Iowa, obviously pretty good two seed, uh, but they're, I think the fourth best team in the big 10 and they're a two seed. So that says something about the big 10. So uh, I definitely think that could be a potential interesting matchup because Iowa's played a lot of good teams over uh, their time this season. And, Zaga has not. Gonzaga has not played very many big teams. I, I don't know how many ranked teams have they played. I don't even know. Uh, but they, uh, they beat West Virginia by two in the beginning of the year, and that's really the only top team they've pretty much played all year. 
uh, so, for the most yeah, part. Yeah, that's that's the thing about Gonzaga that is definitely kind of shaky about them. One of the only things that is shaky about them that they haven't played top comp- top competition throughout the year. So potentially a uh, meetup with Iowa and the Elite Eight could be an interesting game to watch just because the competition that Iowa's faced has been so much better than Gonzaga. But Gonzaga has a lot of talent with Jalen Suggs and a, a bunch of other players. So you know what? They'll, they're, they're the favorites to win the title, and you can understand why. I just want to quickly note that uh, Gonzaga, they're the one seed in their uh, quarter, obviously. And uh, they actually beat Iowa uh, earlier this year by 11, and they're the two seed in that quarter. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew that. I just found that out. I so, have no clue about that. I mean, <laughs> if if they've, beat, uh, if they've beaten uh, Iowa already, that's a pretty good sign for them since they're the two seed, technically the second best team in their quarter. Yeah, I think uh, Gonzaga got the easiest draw out of all the one seeds, just because like, um, I think I was probably the third best two seed. Um, in my opinion, like they are a big 10 team. So they played against great teams all year. So even though they lost like one of the first games of the year, Dean, I still think that they'll be ready up for the challenge. Gonzaga is definitely a very impressive team. Uh, they have a ton of good players. They, as I just mentioned before, they're kind of like the nets of college basketball. They just put up so many points. Um, but they were tested by BYU. I know that they ended up winning that game and coming back. But if a team can play defense the way that um, that BYU played defense for an entire game, then I think that I could give them some trouble. But just looking at their region, I'm not sure that team is going to come until either the Elite Eight or even the Final Four because Iowa also doesn't play defense. They just shoot a bunch of threes and give the ball to Luca Garza. So, like having Kansas as a three seed is just unreal in my opinion. Um, Creighton, like as a five seed, they just got blown out by a 12 seed Virginia as a four seed. Um, one of the, someone on their team has COVID. Uh, so yeah, I think yeah, Virginia, Gonzaga definitely got an easy draw. Virginia's probably right now with their COVID issues and just, I mean, just overall looking at the bracket right now, I would say they're the worst four seed in the bracket because I would personally, I would take Florida state, Oklahoma state and potentially Purdue Purdue's maybe I'm not so sure about that just because Purdue, uh, there were, I think what five or four, no, they were five in, uh, the big 10. I think Virginia, there were four in the big 10. Were they over in the tournament in the tournament? They were four. Ohio state was five, but they lost Ohio state in the tournament in overtime. So, uh, yeah. So Purdue and Virginia probably, close to each other but for me at least right now i would take florida state and oklahoma state over them as a four seed but uh yeah i mean they the gonzaga got a pretty easy um pretty easy draw i mean that that no way just says they're gonna make the final four or gonna make the championship game because that's not how march madness work that's not how march madness works upsets always happen and they're always possible so don't guarantee gonzaga makes it to the elite eight or the final four but it is definitely very likely all right before uh before we move on to the pack 12 we've sort of been sprinkling this in the whole time but which like higher mid to higher seed do you guys think has the best chance to make a deep run in march madness and why is it loyola chicago but I'm just joking. Which team does have a chance to make a deep run? Talk about Loyola Chicago really quickly. I'm not sure if they're going to even win their first round matchup. They played Georgia Tech, who just won uh, 
<laughs> they're uh they just won the ACC, which is pretty impressive, even though I know teams had issues with COVID there. Georgia Tech played really well. I mean, it's definitely possible that Chicago can win, but even then they would have to play Illinois in the second round. So um I'll let Andrew go first. I gotta think about this for a second. I'm not really sure yet. Yeah, my two favorite uh, I guess non one or two seeds are both big 12 teams uh, going into the tournament at least. And it was Texas and Oklahoma state. And I'm leaning towards Texas just because I think Illinois is one of the best teams in the country and they're playing their best basketball right now. So as we already covered, I think it'd be pretty hard for them to win, but Texas I'm surprised they're a three seed. You know, they just won the big 12 uh, just beat uh, Oklahoma state who had won like eight of their last nine games. Um, so I think Texas is definitely a final four and even national, uh, championship contender in this tournament. Um, uh, I have three of them. Uh, I'm going to agree with Andrew. Uh, I think that Texas and Oklahoma state, like we mentioned a lot about before, definitely are capable of big runs, but I also have UConn, uh, which are in the same little uh, part of the bracket as Texas. Uh, I think that they have a lot of potential to get far in this tournament purely based on the fact that James Buchnet is on their team. And uh, I, I don't watch much college basketball, but UConn is a team that I have watched this season. And when James Buchnet is on the floor, they look really good because you never know. He could go off for like 35 and they can be any team in this entire thing. So you never know with uh, UConn, Texas, and like we mentioned before, Oklahoma State. Um, so yeah, I have a couple here too, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention two uh, here. One in this South bracket and one in the Midwest bracket. One of them is going to be Texas Tech University. Uh, they have Mac McClung and another guy that I'm blanking on his name. Andrew, can you help me with this one real quick? Um, I'm not too well rounded on Texas Tech, but I think that they will make a Sweet 16 appearance was, just because they they're another, very well rounded. And they yeah, have, they have another coach. great player uh, other than Mac McClung that I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, I can't remember his Aaron name. Shannon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Terrence Shannon's also a very good player. So, uh, Matt, uh, combination of Mac McClung and Terrence Shannon and, uh, a couple other players on their team, along with good coaching, they made a championship run a couple or two years ago. Um, obviously they don't have the same roster, but they had good coaching there. They're still a good defensive team, still got good scoring. So I definitely think they can, uh, win their first round match matchup then potentially beat Arkansas in the second round and maybe give, uh, Ohio State a run for their money in the Sweet 16. And then another team that I'm also uh, going to say here is another six seed, uh, San Diego State University. They have a tough first round matchup, I will say, against Syracuse, who has always been a team that has made runs in the tournament as an eight, nine, 10 seed. So uh, definitely a scary first round matchup for them. But if they overcome that, they play West Virginia in the second round. I definitely think that's a winnable game for them. So, uh, yeah, I think they can also make it to the Sweet 16. I'm not so sure they can beat Houston, but uh, yeah, SDSU is definitely another team, another six seed that I definitely think can uh, make it to the Sweet 16. All right. Uh, does anyone have any other things I want to talk about? Andrew, looks like you had something to say. I'll just mention a couple of uh, first-round big upsets that I'm not predicting these upsets, but I'm just saying, in my opinion, these are a couple games I think can most likely be upsets. So going like just looking at the bracket, first off, uh, Villanova is missing uh, their best player, Connor Gillespie, out for the season. Well, I still think they're talented enough. Uh, Winthrop is a good team. 
Um, and I think that they're a little better than people think, although no one watches them at all. Um, but their opponents' uh, points per game is 66 points, so they play some good defense. Uh, another team I think that could potentially uh, make a good upset is actually Syracuse, as Tyler was just mentioning, just because um, they just made a nice run in the ACC tournament. Obviously, they're super well-coached. Um, another team, Georgetown. Uh, Colorado plays in the easiest Power 5 division, or Power 5 conference, excuse me, Um they somehow didn't even beat Oregon State um, in the Pac-12 championship. So I don't have much faith in Colorado at all. And Georgetown's one of the hottest teams in the country right now. And then another game, uh, if Michigan State can beat UCLA, I think that they have a good chance to beat BYU just because Michigan State, although they're a playing team, they have beaten Michigan, Illinois, and Ohio State all this year. So if they can just be consistent and they have great coaching, I think they could definitely win their playing game and win uh, against BYU. And then um, my last one is uh, the Kansas game, uh, Kansas versus Eastern Washington University, just because we don't know which Kansas players uh, have tested positive for COVID. Um, So if that's like one of their best players or three guys that play big minutes for them, they could honestly lose in, in the first round because, you know, all these lower seeds, you know, they're, they always try to play up to the competition. So if Kansas is hurt, then that could definitely, that could definitely impact that game. But I want to know your thoughts on some of those, like maybe upsets. Yeah, I definitely think those are all possible. I don't know if they're all going to happen, but one of them that I like that you pointed out was Winthrop versus uh, Villanova. Like you said, Villanova's best players out. They've had a, sh- they had a shaky conference tournament um, and Winthrop's only lost one game all season. I'm not going to lie. I have not watched Winthrop basketball this year. I'm not so sure anyone really has who watches a lot of college basketball, but uh, no offense to Winthrop. Uh, probably a, uh, they're, they're great. They're a great school for being in uh, the college basketball March Madness tournament. But uh, I, 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 in my bracket, I do have them upsetting Villanova in the first round. I don't know if they can beat Purdue in the second round. It's probably possible. They've only won, lost one game all season. Uh, I, 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 I don't know too much about them. Like Drew said, uh, they do play good defense. So um, that's uh, that it's definitely possible. I really, I chose Winthrop over Villanova just because I know Villanova's more weak than I like. I don't really know very much about Winthrop, so I chose Villanova because I know they're weak rather than I know Vil- Winthrop's very good or like you know what I mean. Uh, but uh, I definitely think that upset with Winrup, Winthrop over Villanova is possible. Uh, like you said, Syracuse over San Diego State. Uh, I San Diego State in that game, but Syracuse is definitely a team to watch for upsets. And then another game I would like to bring up is um, Virginia against Ohio. Um, Virginia, we do we know who's out because of COVID? I don't know, but we yeah, know that's they, another game I forgot to mention because yeah. if that's one of their best players, it could be interesting because Ohio's good. Yeah, because Virginia is uh, they're having COVID issues, and then Ohio won the MAC tournament title and has won nine out of their last ten games, so they are on a hot streak coming into March Madness. So that is definitely another team to watch. Um, and then one last game I'd like to bring up is. Uh, Creighton against UCSB. Uh, although UCSB does play close to where we live in Los Angeles, um, don't know very much about them. They won their conference title. They got an automatic bid into the NCAA tournament. Uh, but I, what I do know is that Creighton also had a pretty shaky conference tournament. And although they have been ranked high all season, they have not really been a team that has caught my eye. They have, they've had coaching issues, coaching problems. So 
that is definitely another game to watch with UCSB potentially upsetting Creighton. So it would be interesting to potentially see a UCSB versus Ohio second round matchup. And then uh, a question that I would like to pose to everyone here as kind of our final thing before shot clock. Um, do you think any Pac-12 teams will get out of the first round of the NCAA tournament? I don't think so, just because based off of matchups, I think if a team, like, I guess, most likely team would be USC for me, just because, well, they're playing the winner of Wichita State first Drake, but also I think USC, just with Evan Mobley, has a good chance. Colorado's probably still the best team, but they have a really tough draw um, against Georgetown, so I don't really like their matchup at all. Um, Oregon State, I know they just won the uh the Pac-12 but I don't really think they're very good like these Pac-12 teams they're not like battle tested like if this was like a Pac-12 12 seed versus like a Big 10 12 seed I think that the Big 10 12 seed could actually probably win a game but maybe like even like a five seed like Colorado because like I've watched some Colorado games they're not very talented um and also Oregon State plays Tennessee which is a good team so yeah I don't really I don't really think any of these teams can really make any runs just because they haven't really played any good teams all year. And I know it's competitive basketball within the conference, but there's just way more competitive basketball out there. Um, I understand what you're saying. Uh, Dean, I'll let you go uh, right after this, but I have something really quick to say. Colorado might not be the most talented team, but they're a five seed and they're playing a team that is 13 and 12. I know Georgia went on a great, I, Georgetown went on a crazy run to win. Uh, I think it's the big East tournament, right? Uh, to win the Big East tournament, they're 13 and 12 coached by Patrick Ewing. I mean, yes, they could potentially beat Colorado, but it, in my eyes, Colorado has to be a favorite there just because I know Georgetown is coming uh, into the tournament on a huge run, but still Colorado, he, they were probably the best team in the Pac-12 all year. And you never know, like Georgetown could play like they were at the beginning of the season or like they were before the Big East tournament and just not play well. Um, and then I think USC with Evan Mobley with good three-point shooting, they're definitely another team that could make it uh, out of the first round and potentially upset Kansas in the second round. Like, cause like you were saying, uh, Kansas probably arguably the worst three seed uh, in the tournament, having COVID issues, haven't really proven themselves as one of the best teams in the tournament, uh, but they do have a couple good players. They have a good shot blocker, rim protector and McCormick and a couple other players too. So Kansas, USC could potentially be an interesting second-round matchup to watch with a Pac-12 team in it. And then US, UCLA could potentially beat Michigan State uh, and then uh, play BYU and potentially beat BYU. And then Oregon State plays Tennessee. Uh, that's also going to be a good first-round game. So Oregon State is a definitely a streaky team because they were not expected to win the Pac-12 tournament. I mean, if we're talking about likelihood of uh, teams winning in the Pac-12 – in their first round matchup. I think you got to go USC as the most likelihood team to advance to the second round. Uh, I mean, you can make an argument for Colorado, but who are you going to take? USC over Wichita State or Drake or uh, Colorado over Georgetown? I'm probably going to have to take USC over that. And also, UCLA, they're a playing team. They play Michigan State, who's beaten quite a few teams. Uh, they, I think they've beaten two of the one seeds, Michigan included, but how to throw that out there for Andrew. And Ohio State as well, the and best Ohio State. State. Uh, but uh, I don't see UCLA even advancing uh, to the main tournament to play BYU. I think Michigan State's going to win that. So I think that USC is the most likely uh, Pac-12 team to uh, advance the second round. I have them beating Kansas in the second round as well. So I think they can uh, get deeper than that. 
All right. Now we're going to move on to our shot clock segment. Uh, For those of you that don't know, pretty much I'm going to pose a question and then uh, all of us are going to have 24 seconds to answer it. And today's question is, which team is going to win the national championship? And uh, we're going to start with Tyler on this one. Uh, Should we do a special 30 second shot clock today for college basketball? I think I think we should. I think that's an interesting kind of switch in our podcast. It's a beautiful idea by Tyler. He takes up the 30 seconds regardless of it, if we used it or not. But today we'll see if he goes to 35. But uh, we'll start with Tyler. 35 seconds on the clock starting – oh, 30, starting now. Uh, yeah, so I might have to get that offensive rebound at the end of the shot clock. But um, – for me, I'm going to go with Illinois to win Illinois to win uh, the NCAA championship of March Madness. So for me, this is just because of Kofi Coburn is a really, really good center, a really, really good player. Ayudusumu is a very good guard, one of the best guards in the country. And they also have some other players like Curbelo and a couple other players that are also good three-point shooters. And they've, uh, they're a good defensive team too. So for me, at least, Illinois is a very, very good team and a team to watch in the NCAA tournament. All right, now we'll move on to Andrew. 30 seconds on the clock, starting now. All right, so you guys probably probably already know who I'm going to pick. I'm going to go with the Michigan Wolverines, um, despite having probably the hardest draw of all the one seeds. You know, they're battle-tested, playing the Big Ten all year. They've played against the best teams in the country so far. Um, and, yeah, I actually I think they're going to end up playing Illinois in the finals if they make it there. So I think that would be an interesting rematch of what happened earlier in the season. But yeah, I think Michigan has it all. And even without their best, uh, one of their best players, Isaiah Livers, I still have faith uh, in the Michigan Wolverines to make it to the championship and win the whole thing. Yeah. That's one of the things about Illinois and Michigan, although Baylor and Gonzaga have played pretty good competition throughout the year, Illinois and Michigan have both played great competition in a lot of, uh, high seeds throughout the season. So uh, being battle-tested, like you said, and playing a lot of great teams and beating most of them is definitely something that will come to the advantage of Illinois and Michigan in the tournament. Yeah, and also the thing about the Big Ten is, like, it's similar to, like, the SEC in football. You know how, Tyler, like, I know you follow college football a lot, and I'm sure you guys do too. Like, even the bad teams or the mid-tier teams in the SEC still give you a run for their money. Like, that schedule is brutal. That's that's what the Big Ten is in basketball. Like, nine teams in the tournament is crazy. So even, like, not even... Obviously, they're playing against the best teams, but even those other mid-tier teams, uh, it, they're definitely uh, definitely ready to go. All right, now we'll move to Dean. 30 seconds on the clock, starting now. So for my national championship winner this year uh, for March Madness, I'm going to go with the number one seed, the undefeated Gonzaga Bulldogs. Uh, the last time uh, an undefeated team got all the way to the finals of this tournament was, I believe, Kentucky when they had Carl Anthony Towns, and they ended up losing in that finals. I think Gonzaga is just going to persevere, and I had them beating Illinois in the finals. Uh, Tyler obviously choosing Illinois. I think it's going to be a great game, but I think that Jalen Suggs, uh, and Corey Kispert, all of those guys, they have so many weapons, like I mentioned earlier. I think that they're just going to be able to beat any single team, no matter how good they are defensively. Gonzaga puts up so many points. They're like the Brooklyn Nets, like Andrew said. So they're going to be able to put up so many points, and I think it's going to be too much to handle for the other teams. Uh, Campbell, I'll time you. All right. Okay, Campbell. 30 seconds on the clock, starting now. Uh, I'm going to agree with Dean on this one. I'm going to go with the undefeated Gonzaga Bulldogs. Pretty much as Dean said, 
I think they're obviously they're going to do enough on offense, but I think they're going to find their way on defense. Obviously, they're not going to turn into the greatest defensive team of all time overnight. But uh, as long as they can do their part and work together as a whole on defense, I think they're they're going to make their way and win this tournament because as as we've talked about a bunch, they're putting up like 90 plus points a game. So as long as they can figure it out on defense, they're golden. All right, that uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, thank you all for listening. If you uh, follow us on the platform you're listening on and uh, all of our social media platforms at AT Buzzer Podcast, uh, and we'll have a next podcast out uh, next week. Thanks.